Zero episode 29 starts now. Welcome to the MCU show. I'm your host, Brandon. Joined today by Jamie Jurak. Hello. Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Aaron Perrine. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Fantastic Four. Uh, we have a big show today. As always, I'll never say it's a small show. It's always a big show. We're doing our first ever mailbag, which means we are answering your questions. If you ask the right questions, you might learn a thing or two. I guarantee you're going to learn a thing or two about us hosts. Some of you ask some fun questions about us, and nobody loves talking about themselves more than we do. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. <laughs> so we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, by this time next week... I'll have seen the first few episodes of What If, and Ooh. I to say, I will have hosted the What If press conference. I can't wait to do that. This is the first time I've ever done anything like that. And uh, I'm hyped, hyped, hyped uh, that Disney thought of me for that. This is the first time they've ever allowed me to actually officially be a part of something, and that's going to be super fun. Um, and we will be able to share our reactions for What If next week, so that'll be fun. Uh, and also a Shang-Chi trailer trailer promo thing minute long drop this morning if you don't uh after the next 45 minutes you spend with us go watch it but stay here and then watch it um but anyway we're gonna get through some news and then we're gonna get to the mailbag questions and uh it's gonna be a fun show first of all the big news of the week was uh there was a there was a report on on the marvel studios reddit and uh vincent d'onofrio is apparently back as kingpin in the hawkeye show this was this was a report dropped onto reddit so you're like all right it's on reddit right like how true can it be but then vincent d'onofrio liked a tweet about this report from reddit so then you're like oh this is this is, uh, who's uh, I, who's buying it who's uh, who's in who's out I totally think it's true because the way that D'Onofrio runs his Twitter is just so earnest that it's like, there's no way he didn't accidentally like that and not mean to like, I know he since has unliked it. And I think that was like a press person just being like, Hey, don't, don't, don't draw suspicion. But like when he uses his Twitter, just to talk about like how pigs can't look up into the air unless you pick them up and stuff like that. Like I, he seems like the type of man to be just very honest with the things that he likes. So I buy it. It's one of those things I figured was always going to happen. And I'm glad that we're like finally starting to get some sort of confirmation. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Jenna, Aaron, your, or Jamie, Aaron, your thoughts? I mean, I hope it happens. Uh, the more the more TV people come into the fold, the more my TV people might come into the fold. <laughs> so I'm all for it. You wished for Coulson and you got him uh, in, in, in terrifying form on Loki. Tragic form on Loki. Aaron, are you ready? Are you ready to, uh, to see some of these Netflix characters again? Uh, I think so. Um, it's just very funny because like you had Alfred Molina like just <laughs> rip open the floodgates and now everybody's so bold. We never used to have this happen where people would be out here liking stuff in broad daylight while all of us like shriek about it in the background. But yeah, I'm excited. I just wonder, are they going to bring all of them back or are we completely picking and choosing? Because I know there are people who are invested in other parts of Netflix universe that feel like, you know, you're never going to get to see Luke Cage from the Netflix series in any of these things or poor Jessica Jones uh, in any of these things. But it looks like we're getting all the Daredevil assorted stuff 
I don't know. I, I would like to see Mike Coulter come back. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. I think there's some parts of the Netflix things that could be forgotten and not brought over. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Iron Fist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we'll see some people from the Netflix things. I think we'll see some. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, anyway, that's a good, uh, that's a fun piece of news. It was an exciting bit. I saw that trending earlier this week and I uh, think it's interesting that Vincent D'Onofrio acknowledged it like in a very slick way. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on. <laughs> so um, one of the other big casting updates, more official because this came through an actual trade, is that Michaela Cole has been cast in Black Panther 2. Obviously, we don't know what role she's playing. We have no clue at this point, but that has not stopped people from speculating. There are like so many different camps of theories at this point. I know I'm excited to hear whatever Brandon thinks. My pet theory, because I know this has been a fan cast that people have had for years, and it would be incredible if they actually are listening and doing this, is that what if she does play Storm? Like, what if she does play Storm? Because I feel like she would be perfect for that role in so many different ways. But I've also seen people suggest like different villains from Panthers run or even like, oh, she's going to play like uh, the new Black Panther or an older version of Shuri. So it's like there are so many different forms of speculation, but either way, they are so lucky to have her because if you haven't already, I May Destroy You is one of the best shows from the past year. I could not recommend it enough. So it's like she is so talented that it is it is such a lucky thing that the MCU even has her. So what's your theory, Brandon? Oh, it's got to be Storm. Come on. Yeah, it has Come to be. Come on. It has to be Storm. I'm, I'm fully aboard that Michaela Cole is Storm Train in Black Panther 2. And it's interesting because there's other characters that are already announced that are debuting in Black Panther Wakanda Forever that are just not announced for that movie yet. So if they're going to do that and bring a mutant in, yo, overload. I'm ready. I'm trying to think of what to say. Um, so I saw the second it came out, of course, your Twitter timeline floods <laughs> with just Storm, 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 Storm. Mm -hmm. People drawing her already in all iterations of the costumes, which is just wonderful. Just great. Just feeding all of us. Um, so I hope for everybody else that it is Storm. I hope for everybody else. I don't want to ruin anybody's fun. I We can all dream. This is what this space is for, right? Just to dream the big dream. Go ahead, Jamie. <laughs> I'm here for anything. I love it. She's great. No. Uh, whoever she is, I will be delighted. I mean, you know me. Like I, her as a villain. Uh, yeah, let's get that. But also, Storm would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure. Whatever it is, it, I would be honestly most surprised if it's Storm. But I most want it to be Storm, just because I want Storm and the X Men. I think she'd be a great Storm. Anyway, uh, what's our next piece? Oh yeah, while we're on the Black Panther subject, I, for some reason, people on that set of Black Panther are just taking pictures and videos and posting them to Instagram and Twitter as if they don't know anything about things you're not supposed to do. We have seen a video of the throne room, and we have now seen a video of like water tanks, which furthers the theories that this will include. Namor and Atlantis and things like that, which I'm pretty sure are just known at this point. But it's crazy that that stuff is just getting out there. They're going to film underwater scenes for Black Panther Wakanda forever, which is really cool. Can't wait to see. Honestly, very excited to see Atlantis and Namor, but also like the tech that Wakandans develop to go underwater. That's going to be sick. I was just thinking that of like, depending, like after Aquaman and just seeing how Aquaman dealt with like kingdoms existing underwater and how people interact with that. I'm like, how is the MCU going to approach that? Like, that's going to be really, really weird and kind of interesting to see. I remember during one of the quarantine watch parties we did last year with James Gunn, I have always wondered since I saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy, the scenes where Peter Quill was like lost in space and like tried to save Gamora. 
it looked to me like they filmed that underwater because there was kind of like bubbles on his face and his hair was moving and stuff. And it was a question I just always wanted answered. And I asked James Gunn, like on Twitter during that, did you film this underwater? Because it was just something like, I don't know, it was one of those details that I was like, I want the answer. And he said, yes, we filmed underwater and I will never film something underwater again. And it's crazy to me that Black Panther 2 is now going that route and choosing to film stuff underwater because Aquaman didn't film anything underwater. They never used water tanks. So... I just watched Thunderball for the first time, like the Sean Connery classic James Bond movie. And the the way that they do underwater in the 60s was so impressive that I feel like you can't match that because you're you're trying to hire everything's on a computer. Whereas back then they were really doing it. They were like having a war zone under there. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> that was like a Christopher Walken right there. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do we got next here? Jamie, next you got a piece of news for us. Yes, Black Widow is uh, already coming on digital on August 10th and then Blu-ray and 4K on September 14th, with the, which is obviously way shorter than we're used to. Uh, but, you know, it's I'm really curious to see how these are going to do because there are so many of us bought it on Disney+. And I mean, as you can see behind me, I'm a physical media person so i'm like i'm sure i'll buy it but I, i'm curious to to see how it's gonna do um jenna what do you think about that i i'm definitely a physical media person too like all of my dvds are out of frame but there are many um i am so excited to just get like the nice shiny blu-ray copy of black widow like that's part of why i just saw it in theaters the second time instead of buying it on premiere access because i was like when i want to spend the money to own it i want to like physically own some sort of component for it but like i feel like the shorter window is just a sign of the time and where we're at now like i feel like this is something that's going to become really really common now especially with all of these like hybrid releases and everything in the pandemic so I'm here for it. Aaron, you keep your collection a secret from us on this show. You have, <laughs> you're the one who points your camera away from all the collectibles. Are you a physical media person? I, I am. I Well, you know, like we'll get into some of this later when someone asks a question about it, but I'm definitely <laughs> on a, like on team physical media. And I was just going to laugh because I'm like, I know all of you have been aching to actually put something else in the shelf along with all the other Yo. MCU stuff after like yep. the weird space gap that's like, Ugh. I just put a sign that says, I'll explain later, <laughs> like in there, in the middle of it. But yeah, it's a good thing. I, I want them to release all this stuff on physical media because it's so precarious if it's just living out in the ether. I don't, I don't know why, you know? Give me <laughs> a WandaVision box set that looks like yes. a classic like TV box set, like the one she, like, God, I would kill for that, but I, I don't think we're going to get any of those yeah, it, it, that way they can't they can't go in and tinker with anything if they give you mm -hmm. the physical media it has to be the final version of it yep. I, I want physical media if only so that i could spend 20 dollars to have it on a shelf with everything else yep. <laughs> that's really it that's where i'm at <laughs> exactly it. it is a short window that's a weirdly short window but you know here we are in a weird time. James Gunn uh, has said a lot about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and also not a lot at all. I think the biggest thing was that he said that you have to watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. There's things you have to learn from that going into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, my theory is it's just kind of like a palate cleanser to update their status after Endgame. Uh, but maybe, who knows, some of these shows have really had surprising if moments and, and additions to the MCU in them, so we'll see. Uh, he said it's. He said in an interview that I did with him that Guardians 3 is, quote, gigantic, end quote. And he's also really excited to tell Rocket's story. And he also said that Marvel didn't ask him to include anything. He got to kind of just tell his story. And I remember that when he did the first Guardians, they asked him to include Thanos and the... Actually, I think they asked him to include the Infinity Stones bit, but 
maybe his choice to include Thanos. I don't remember exactly, uh, but there was like just things that he was asked to include, but now he's getting, you know, free reign. So that's all the guardians three updates from James Gunn's, the suicide squad press tour, <laughs> which is an awesome movie, by the way. Yes. Um, but I think we can just move on. I don't think there's really too much Guardians things to speak on. And Jamie has to get out of here because she has a big interview with huge Ackman to uh, get to. So we're going to get her as many mailbag questions. Uh, Aaron, what do you got for us? Okay. Um, so uh, Mid- Midnight Man, reportedly the Moon Knight villain from Mur- Murphy's Multiverse. Uh, the wonderful Cam Barmalo wrote that up for our site. Uh, so while we were all were thinking, just shooting, like I said, this is a space for dreaming, right? We all were like, it's Dracula. It's a were- it's werewolf, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, mm, it's Midnight Man. So Anton Mogart, uh, uh, sort of henchman of big, big, bad Moon Knight villain, the Bushman. Uh, guy gets sort of disfigured and uh, in like Toxic Avenger style, I guess, because I'm not Jim Viscardi and I don't know Moon Knight backwards or forwards and he's going to <laughs> castigate me for that later. Um, but yeah, so it looks like we have our we have our bad guy, uh, or at least if the reports are to be believed. And I'm excited. I I there's so few of these things in Phase One that I walked into where I just didn't know anything about the character and I was just like full blank slate. So this is gonna be fun. I'm so excited for some of the Disney Plus stuff because I haven't touched Fraction's Hawkeye run since high school either. It's gonna be great. Mm. I don't remember most much of it at all. Yeah, Moon Knight, Moon Knight and Ironheart are the two characters I'm excited to learn the most about going forward. I just uh, went through the Ironheart trade from the Invincible Iron Man 1 through 12 recently. God, it's such a good book. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, yeah, Moon Knight. I, but for the record, everybody listening and watching, everybody asking, where's Jim? I invited Jim on the show to talk about this, but I said, Jim, we need to do this quickly because Jamie has a hard out today. And he said, you know what? Just do it without me. He knows. <laughs> he knows <laughs> if, we <get> on the, <laughs> if we got on the topic of Moon Knight with Jim Viscardi, before you know it, it's Thursday. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Aaron. And Murphy's Multiverse is usually a pretty reliable source. They're, they're right far more than they're wrong. So we're all wrong sometimes, and they are very often correct. So I think that's a pretty credible source on Midnight Man being the Moon Knight villain. Though Jim is calling Midnight Man a jobber, which in wrestling terms is somebody who's hired just to lose. Uh, and the last bit I wanted to say is uh, I talked to Idris Elba, who plays Heimdall and is Bloodsport in the new movie, The Suicide Squad. Fantastic film. You should go see it in theaters. He said, I said to him, uh, Heimdall has seemingly perished in the MCU. Does this make you a DC exclusive actor going forward? Are you going to be doing more with Bloodsport? And he talks about all the exciting possibilities with DC. But then he said the key word there is seemingly uh, uh, eh, 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 eh. more Heimdall in the MCU I think we're going to get Heimdall in What If I think we might get Heimdall in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and maybe Thor 4 those are just my those are just theories I'm not that's not a scoop don't tweet it don't say it BD said it I'm just theorizing here yeah, oh, what do you get? Where could he pop up? Those are the three places he could pop up, right? There's no really. I agree. Like any combination of those three, I think would would work really well. And I think we've learned, especially now that we have the multiverse, like death is not permanent in the MCU by any stretch of the imagination. So like there is definitely still a way to tell more story with him if somebody wants to. So yeah, I'm totally on board, especially after seeing him in the Suicide Squad. I am very excited to see what he would do with Heimdall after that. So. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Uh, but if you want to see that full interview with Idris or our James Gunn interviews, uh, they're going to go up on the comicbook.com YouTube channel 
today and tomorrow uh, and throughout the week, all the Suicide Squad stuff and also Jungle Cruise stuff. So there's a lot of good stuff on the comicbook.com YouTube channel. I think they're going to also talk about it on the Comic Book Nation podcast, which you should give a listen and subscribe to. Uh, and uh, that's that's today's MCU news. We are going to switch it over to our first ever mailbag for the rest of the show when we get back in just a minute. Welcome back to episode 29 of phase zero. And we are about to drop uh, our mailbag on the floor and pick up all the envelopes and open them and read them. And thank you for your love and support. We're just going to jump right into it. We put out a call for questions on Twitter at phase zero CB. If you're not following, you should be. And you guys sent some really thoughtful stuff. Uh, we offered to open up our hearts to you, to share details of ourselves and also the MCU and all things you want to know. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Our first question comes from Brandon Moore. How did each of you get your start at comic book? We're going to go around the horn starting at the top. Aaron, how did you get started at comicbook.com? Um, okay, so as the most recently hired among the panel, uh, it was a little bit more circuitous, I presume, than maybe your guys' stuff. Um, so I worked for the company that owns comicbook.com, and I was moving to another state because my girlfriend got a job uh, and I had to move. So I couldn't stay doing the job I did. And my old boss was like, well, we're going to look for a bunch of openings. We don't want you to leave. We want you to stay in, the, stay in house. Like, we'll see what we can do. And then as I was perusing one day, I saw the listing for comicbook.com. And I'm like, is there any way you could get me in here? I love these movies. I was the resident nerd uh, in, our pre in my previous division. So we get on to a communication with Jim, Jim Viscardi. Hi, Jim. I know you still watch it. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, he ran me through the gauntlet and I passed and I'm here and I love working with these people. I enjoy what I do. I've sectioned over from social media to here. So even though my job is technically different, the skills that I had before in noticing things as they happen online and monitoring conversations and stuff helped me with this job tremendously. Okay. That's it. Go. We're happy to have Get it you. Happy to have you. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, how, how did you get how did you get into this this place? Oh, like, gosh. Uh, it is it is such a weird story. So um, I went to school for what was eventually titled media studies. So I was learning like how to make movies, television and radio. That was kind of the main crux of it. And as I was going through that program, I realized, huh, the bit that I like the most is sitting and writing essays about movies and trying to work anything that I love into an essay of like, I wrote school papers about like Winter Soldier and Gotham and all of these things that I tried to connect to concepts that were in my film classes. And so it was the like winter of 2016. And there were a lot of different events that were going on. Part of it was actually influenced by like Carrie Fisher's passing that I had this kind of moment where I was like, I need to just seize the day. I need to just take opportunities as they pop up. And then like pretty soon after that, I happened to see the, this job listing at comic book. And I was like, you know what? The least I can do is just try out for this. Like the, le the worst that can happen is that I don't get it. And so I ended up getting it. I got hired initially part-time in my last semester of school. So I would go to school and then come back home and work for five hours and basically do recaps and coverage for the CW, like DC shows. And then after I got done at school, I was hired full time. And now I've just been stuck here ever since. <laughs> and along the way, I kind of discovered my passion for comics and for all of the other avenues that I now write in. So I love it. I'm actually I didn't know this about you. Like, I didn't know your stories. Like, this is really fun. <laughs> Jamie, what about you? 
Oh, gosh. Well, um, I went to film school. I love movies. And uh, while I was simultaneously, uh, I was living in Chicago and I spent nine years in Chicago doing comedy. I was I did stand up. I did improv. I wrote comedic plays. Um, And then I decided to move to New York and I kind of used those things to get an internship with BuzzFeed. And while I was at BuzzFeed, uh, I wrote an article that was like XX reasons you should watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shocking, I know. And um, (laughs) that that got uh, Clark Gregg's attention. And uh, and because of that, they asked me to come here to L.A. and moderate their 100th episode panel, uh, which got to combine my two loves being on stage and talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so when my internship ended, my friend Andy, hi Andy, sent me a a tweet that was like, comicbook.com's hiring. And I go, ooh, you know what? I bet I could leverage that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. I did. Uh, And I don't know if that's exactly what got me the job or if it was my winning personality, but I'm sure it really helped. So that's, that's how I ended up here. Oh, wow. I did not know any of that. That's amazing. That's so fun. Oh, damn. Uh, mine, I'll tell the, the short version of mine. Um, I was in school in South Carolina. I was trying to get working as te- in television or directing or acting. Uh, and I was pitching a series to AMC, which I never actually ended up pitching. But we filmed an episode. We had an actor from One Tree Hill film it with us. The local news found out. I went into the local news station, Watch Fox in Columbia, South Carolina, told that story. Uh, of what we were doing. And while I was there, I was like, Hey, I don't know if I'm going to get a TV show or something, but I would love to come do like movie reviews for you guys. Cause I see a movie literally every Thursday. So for the next eight months from, I believe March of 2014 through December, I went in at five 30 in the morning at the local Fox station and I did a movie review for them. Uh, and then they offered me a full-time job. And right when they were doing that, I had just started doing a weekly video for comic book that I connected with Jim about Jim is one of like four people who was at this company before me. And I just emailed and I was like, Hey, this is what I do at Fox. You guys don't have video content. Can I do video content for you? He was like, what do you have in mind? So I went into the Fox studio after I think this was after they offered me a job and I used their green screen to make a video for comicbook.com went home and edited it and sent it. I was like this. Cause I was like, I don't want to just put this in words. I want to send an actual example. I watched that video recently. I don't know why Jim Viscardi hired me. Oh my gosh, Jim, what were you thinking? Um, but so <laughs> this was six and a half years ago. I, I'm happy to say I've come a long way on that. Uh, and it was just really, a, it's just a series of events and just asking to, you know, take asking for opportunities, I think. Uh, Cause I see a lot, I, we did get a lot of questions about how do you get a job there? So you just gotta, you gotta ask and, and be prepared to, to explain, show what you can do. So that's pretty much it. So that was then in January, 2015, I moved here to Nashville uh, and started full time. And I was, I think one of four people when we had an office and that office eventually grew to like, geez, like 40, maybe if you include all like tech and we had two offices back when we were in the offices, we had tech, we had, then we added a video team and a studio. Um, and we, I used to film our videos like, let me, I'm just going to tell really quickly. <laughs> when we first started this job, we had a one camera and it had a broken lens. So you couldn't zoom in and you couldn't change the focus. And I used to carry that camera around to all these events. And I'd be, I would have to set it up on a tripod, press record, step in, do the interview, step out, edit the interview, upload it to YouTube, do it, publish the article. But the first ever big interview I think I did in person was Stan Lee. And I had that broken camera. 
And so I had to find the range to put the camera at <laughs> to get us in focus. And then I recorded it on voice notes on my phone and merged the files. And that's how far comicbook.com has come. Now we are on here streaming podcasts and stuff. So thank you to everybody who has supported the whole journey. I, I said I'd tell the short version. I lied. I can never The entire it. chat just says release the release BD the BD cut. Yeah. The entire chat wants to hear. Yo, I, I, I will, I, I think I can find it i think it's online i'll tweet a link to it because oh. listen it's part of my journey it's cringe the first thing i said I, I referenced loki and i was like i'm brandon and i have been burdened with glorious purpose to bring you the biggest news and i put a little clip of loki in a square oh it was rough i it will just rough. say like all of our early stuff is cringe like oh. every time i go back and read my early articles from like i when i first started and even like the first couple of years of when i've been here i'm like who wrote that that wasn't me that there's no way i wrote this it's so embarrassing so like that's just part of the industry honestly <laughs> It really is. If you don't look back at your old stuff and say like, wow, that's rough because you're comparing it to what you do now, then you haven't grown. You know what I mean? You, you, know, you also have to be self-aware and know that you're It you're looks grown. like Jim found the link. He <laughs> certainly did. He certainly did. For everybody who's listening in podcast form, not watching live, I will tweet that link if you want to go back and find it. And I'm sorry in advance for the greasy hair and the skin-tight Batman shirt that I'm wearing if, if he posted the right video. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, next Next question at casually cosplaying. What's one of the biggest scoops slash leaks you've ever learned about, but had to stay silent about until the movie or show came out um, for anything that's already come out. And how difficult was it to keep the secret? Did you ever slip up? Jamie, you're on the top. Has this ever happened to you? Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I, I can't say what it is, but I will say a couple years ago, um, somebody told me that they were going to announce a sequel to something I loved at the next comic-con at san diego comic-con and they were like don't tell anybody and i was like oh god i'm gonna sit on this for months i'm gonna be so good and not tell anyone and then comic-con came and they never announced it and it's been years and it's never happened and i'm still just sitting here keeping my mouth shut so if it ever happens i'll, I'll let you guys know <laughs> aaron what about you Oh man, is this limited to just? I guess it's limited to just here because there's been other any, stuff any, too. Any time in your career that you've seen a big, big thing like that, you just couldn't share. Oh God. Okay, so when I was a beat reporter for the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2000, was it 16 or whatever? Um, I heard our general, the general manager of the team, in an elevator while I was riding down, just absolutely just dogging the coach just absolutely setting him ablaze and i was like this dude's gonna get fired this dude's gonna get fired and it's gonna be rough and we just got to deal with the consequences of him getting fired because this dude's a bozo he was not a, a fan of of the media there either so it wasn't like i was shedding any tears but i was like oh this man is dead man walking and then about a month and a half later he was gone and everybody's like, I can't believe this. How could they fire? And I'm like, everybody hated this guy. We all just didn't say it. He sucked. He wasn't a very nice dude. So, yeah, that's probably it for me. Jenna? That's, I mean, that's a good one. Jenna, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I know, mine seems so lame by comparison. It's just like when I was really definitely, like, I still cover the CW shows, but when that was really kind of my beat, there were so many little things that I would learn and like whether or not they would come true would be interesting in and of itself. I remember finding out through the grapevine of like, oh, there's one cameo in the second half of the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover that like the, the people who were talking about it were like, I don't even know if we're going to get this, but if we get this, it's going to be amazing. I, I heard that information, completely forgot about it. 
And then when Ezra Miller showed up in the fourth hour of the crossover, it was like, oh my God. Like it was this thing of like, oh, I, in, in hindsight, it was like, I should have had that in the back of my mind as a thing that was probably important. But like in the grand scheme of things, a lot of what I've learned is only like really mildly interesting. If you've watched those shows, there are things that I know now that are also in that level of like, this is mildly interesting for something down the pipeline. I, it's not necessarily like a groundbreaking thing, but it is stuff that makes me very personally happy. So, but keeping those kinds of secrets is just fun and weird in and of itself. Uh, there, Jim Scardi and I have one. <laughs> that is the most painful scoop that we never ran. And I don't know, I still to this day, I, I never got a good explanation of why we didn't run this. Jim, if you, have, if you have a reason why we didn't run this, let me know. When Sony and Marvel had their falling out in the summer of 2019, I found out, or we found out, I think Jim found out first, but we found out with absolute certainty that Spider-Man was coming back to Marvel again, that there was going to be a Spider-Man 3 and Sony and Marvel had worked out a deal. And I remember I have a text that was like, I texted my friend that I was like, Spider-Man is back. I'm the only one who knows we're going to break this news. It's going to be huge. And Jim was just like, hold, wait, don't, we can't yet. We can't yet. And then Hollywood Reporter ran it. And they just, that was it. Uh, I think, I don't know. There was some reason why we held that back. There were, maybe it wasn't even Jim who, uh, who told me not to, but something happened where we didn't run the story. We didn't get to be the ones to break the biggest news. I also knew Andrew Lincoln was leaving The Walking Dead since like season six, that season nine would be his last never told anybody that. And also I was on the set of Thor Ragnarok. I was on the phone with my mom and Chris Hemsworth walked on set. And I was like, Oh, he only has one eye. And my mom was like, <laughs> my mom was like, what? He was. I gotta go. <laughs> Cause the publicist saw me say that. And I was like, this is my last set visit. Uh, all right. Next question. Ro, this is, I like this mailbag stuff. This is fun. This is fun. Uh, hearing your stories is so fun and telling my stories is so fun. I love this. Uh, Rohan Mystery says, if you were Kevin Feige in 2008 and had all of Marvel's Fox and Universal properties available, how would you have changed the Infinity Saga to include any of those properties? I know my answer. My answer is pretty easy. So if you guys need a second, I'll go ahead. But Jenna, you're at top. So you have to start us off if you're ready. It's this conflicting thing because I simultaneously, like, if I were Kevin Feige at that time, I would have included the X-Men. But also the way that the X-Men were being written and portrayed at that time isn't necessarily the peak of what they could have been. I would love to go back in time and basically start establishing the Krakoa era X-Men that we have now in the comics. Because I feel like there are so many stories you could tell there that that could have been running concurrently alongside the MCU for a decade. And it's still, it could have weaved in and out. It could have been really meaningful, but it could have really built out that side of the universe to where we would just be thriving right now but it's like I, I at the same time that thing didn't exist then like the x-men comics at that era were not necessarily the best so it's kind of this mixed bag but like definitely something tied to the x-men absolutely jamie what would you have done um i would have put mark ruffalo in the first hulk movie um i would watch that movie all the time if mark ruffalo was in it um i love tim roth can't believe we're getting tim roth back i'm such a big tim roth fan and but it's like why watch that movie i, I don't know edward orton's fine it's not that he's not good it's just that mark ruffalo's hulk and uh so that's what i would do differently i'd make a i'd 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 give mark ruffalo a movie just wait like 10 years until they deep fake him into the movie. Oh, that's oh, give me that. Uh, I love it. And, uh, <laughs> if it ever ends up on Disney Plus, you know they love to edit them. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, I gotta go. Um, this was so much fun. I loved answering uh, questions. I love talking about myself. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you have to ask him 
yeah. about the photos with Kevin Feige. Oh, obviously. You have yeah, to. Obviously. For the pod. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm really supposed to be talking about that I'm doing this interview. It's not really going up there. Um, Nobody yes. watches us anyway. It's only uh, 200 people live and a few thousand downloads. No big deal. Great. Awesome. Uh, you guys are all awesome. We'll see you later. Bye. Good luck, Jamie. Have fun. All right. Uh, Aaron, what would you have changed? Um, okay. So I have this weird thing where I believe that they probably should have put Spider. If they could do it all over again, they would have Spider-Man in it from the beginning. They would have Spider-Man in it from the word go. He would have been in phase one. It would have made a gajillion dollars because if you remember back to the early days of MCU, it was not this sure thing. When Iron Man came out, there was no like, oh, yes, this is going to go on for more than a decade and it's going to be multiple billion dollar movies and crossovers and all this stuff. Like it was like treated like that's a really crazy idea. I don't think it's going to work. But I think if you had Spider-Man in it earlier, maybe you avoid some of the weird stuff with the reception to like Homecoming or the idea of his arc being intertwined with Tony Stark. You have more runway with that. And it just negates a lot of the other stuff that comes afterwards. Also, then you get Spider-Man. Everybody wins. Yeah, that's true. I would have I would have liked to see Silver Surfer uh, and Warlock and stuff be a part of the the Infinity War and Endgame stories. Um, and uh, I think those are those really like I would have loved to have the X-Men in there, but I feel like it was so like it's hard to imagine weaving them back in. But obviously it would have been more exciting to have like Wolverine first appearing in a fight with the Hulk. But now I don't even know if we'll get the Hulk like like the Hulk Hulk anymore Mm -hmm. in the MCU. He's too smart. I don't know if he'll fight Wolverine with his one broken arm anymore. I prefer the Rage Monster Hulk and I love to see Wolverine get introduced that way. But uh, we'll see. But for me, it's 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 Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer and stuff and maybe some Warlock. Uh, as a part of uh, that. And I, I do want to pose this question to one more person who, uh, who we're going to bring into the show uh, in place. Uh, we lose a, we lose a Jamie and we gain a James. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most ominous introduction. I've oh, ever hello seen. everybody. He's even like in his dark room. I the know. lights are off. <laughs> Jim, oh, Jim in am... 60 seconds or less, what would you change about the infinity saga? S- if you 60 okay, seconds, you're on the less. clock. You're on the clock. I don't know. I really don't know what I would change, obviously, than starting the MCU with Moon Knight, obviously. I mean, that's like what it's it's an interesting. um, I don't want to say it's like it's been a perfect ride. I think I would have loved to have seen more Hulk throughout the uh, the MCU. Yes, I understand why, uh, you know, we you know, the legalities of, of, of why we can't necessarily get more solo Hulk adventures. But I think what Ruffalo does with that character is just always so good. And like, just because he's, you know, professor Hulk now doesn't mean he can't go back to being raging Hulk. It happens all the time. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not a professor so, Hulk fan straight up. I'll say it. I'm not a fan of professor Hulk. I want angry rage monster Hulk. Yeah. But I think that's the, But I think that's the thing, right? Like I think something will happen that will set banner off and we get back to raging Hulk savage, you know, monster again, like please. that, that will happen. Please, 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 please. Um, all right. Hey, hey, good answer. Good answer, Viscardi. I, I agree with you. I would have liked another solo Hulk movie. I would have liked an outright Planet Hulk movie. Not like a, it, what we got in Thor Ragnarok was cool, but I still, I, I think a Planet Hulk or World War World War Hulk. That's the hardest title to say. Say that three times fast. Go ahead. Look, try it. World, World, World War, War Hulk, Hulk would be a great, like, it would be a great, like, 
end game level kind of kind of movie i think like that is just you know but i think the the problem is is that you know for anyone who's read that book and and i'm you know you have to you have to put hulk through a number of trials and tribulations like the illuminati basically has to ship his butt off to space and be like you're too you're too dangerous for us on earth so uh see ya and then he's got to have that like betrayal and then get angry and get stronger and then come back and then be like i told y'all can't get rid of me (laughs) i'm the hulk i'm the hulk um, all right. A similar question. This comes from Chris at the Burger King. If you were to be given the chance to change a particular moment slash scene of the MCU, what would it be and why? Mine is absolutely Nick Fury losing his eye to a freaking cat. I hate that moment. I think it's stupid. And I mostly hate that moment because of how hyped it was from so many years earlier in the Avengers when he said, last time I trusted someone, I lost my one good eye. That was a terrible payoff. And I stand by it. Anybody wow. else? I I have two answers, both of which are so small that I feel like I can get away with two. <laughs> I hate I hate the Hulk dabbing. I hate it so much. It is a running joke <laughs> with my boyfriend and his brother about just we just send each other that gift anytime because it is just so embarrassing. Um, and then like this is going to sound very petty, but as like somebody who loves really good cinematography and like really bright color grading, I would turn the saturation up like a thousand percent on the final battle in Endgame. I love what is going on there. I love what we are seeing, but like every time I go back and rewatch it. It is so gray. It is just so gray brown and brown and gray. Oh. And it is so depressing to just look at again and not see it on an IMAX screen and just be like, this this doesn't deliver in the way that I like that it did the first time that I saw this. And with the way that the Infinity Gauntlet like, comics work, it's like there's so much color in there that really, really could have shown through. So I'm like, I would just turn the saturation and the brightness up as much as humanly possible so you could actually kind of appreciate what is happening. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Aaron, anything you would change? Uh, slightly more controversial. Um, ooh, ooh, we love I, we love some tea. I I would like if I could change anything. If I had the monkey's paw, you know, and I could wish for anything, I would leave Captain America's ending in Endgame way more open ended. I would not have the dance mm. at the end. I would not have the musical selection at the end. And you could have averted a lot of angst on the internet by just leaving it way more unopened. I looked down at Jim and he's just nodding because <laughs> the Russos in general could have left a lot more things like open to interpretation instead of explaining everything to us, although we appreciate it, of course. But yeah, I would go ahead and just leave that unopened. Let's not kick over that rock. That's not necessary. Don't do that. I, I think I, I, even for that, I think it's just weird to leave with old Steve. Mm-hmm. Like, just let him come back as, you know, maybe slightly older Steve. But I don't think you need nursing home Steve. <laughs> Joe Biden Steve, as like the <laughs> calling him. I, I think that that was probably just such a fear of not getting Chris Evans to play the character again. They felt a need to wrap it up. And that was just what they came up with. You know what I mean? I didn't have the same problem with that. That every I know the comment section is about to torch me, but I didn't have the same. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. Like I just like it wasn't like I was like ah oh, that was such a good ending, but I was also not like I hate that. I wish they did they did something else or nothing. Uh, but it is you know it is what it is. It's it, I I just want to know how the hell old man Steve got to the timeline in the first place. You know what I mean? Like they they, they just you ask the Russos, you get one answer. You ask Marcus and McFeely, you get another. Um, Jim. Your your moment that you would change? 
Uh, mine's more, I don't know, necessarily know if it's a moment I would change. It's a moment I would like to see. I like the moment in Endgame where uh, Pepper shows up in the rescue costume. I, I would have liked to see a bit more... Not necessarily of that, because I, mean, I, I would obviously love to see more of that. I would, I think, I would have liked to see a little bit more setup for that. Right? Like, you know, I know there was the, you know, there's the the slight tease, you know, with, with you know when he talks to Morgan, whatever. But um, I, I, it's and maybe we get more in armor wars, right? Like maybe, maybe like maybe that's, that's where we see it. Like there, there's a lot of potential there, right? And that movie was already long enough, uh, but it just. It made for the moment. It made for a nice impact. It just didn't feel like uh, it wasn't. Come on, Jim. She wore the suit for 30 seconds in Iron Man 3. (laughs) I know. What do you mean it was nerd? Also, it's cute that you're like maybe in Armor Wars, as if Gwyneth will ever come back. I feel like she never, she does not want to be in this. She, she will. She'll totally come back. She just won't remember it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As if Gwyneth will even know she was in Armor Wars. Yeah, (laughs) you can only sell so many candles, Jenna. You can only sell so many candles. You can only do so many Ryan Murphy shows. You have to come back. Candles cannot find enough money for her not to be in these movies. These mailbag episodes. Are getting out of hand, and by <laughs> I mean the first one. Wow! Um, all right, here's a let's get back on the screen here. <laughs> Elliot Comic Art, who designed our little Icky and Alligator Loki slash Croaky, we love you for it, Elliot. Uh, asked which slated MCU project do you think is going to surprise us all that not many people are talking about? Hmm. It sounds like the Groot special, based on what James Gunn said, could have more to more to offer than we originally thought. I mean, according to Vin Diesel, we're going <laughs> to Planet X sometime. Um, I don't know. I I I don't feel hype for Secret Invasion like I would have thought I would, based on how like based on the event that Secret Invasion is in the comics. I think my expectation or or hope for what Secret Invasion should be in live action is like an equivalent size story to the comic. I'm excited about the cast, but the story has not done much to convince me it's going to be worthy of that Secret Invasion title yet. Maybe it will. So maybe that's the one that's going to surprise me the most. I can't really speak to anybody else. What do you guys think? Oh, boy. Um, probably probably yeah. Eternals for me. I, feel, I, think that, I, I see a lot of hype for Eternals. I don't, I don't think there is a lot of hype on that one. <laughs> Stan Twitter is hype for Eternals. Sure, yes, but like, but Eternals still feels like we don't know anything. Like, we don't know anything about it. We don't know what you know the the impact it has. And so, I think because of that, like, it's like the buzz level on that is not as high as as it should be. I like I I'm a huge Jack Kirby Eternals fan, and so I like love the idea of these characters coming into the MCU and seeing what they they can do. I just wish like. There was more. I feel like we know without we haven't seen anything for Moon Knight, but I feel like we know more about Moon Knight than we know about Eternals, uh, and like that feels like a problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kofi said Jim has been the one running the Eternals hype Reddit thread. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi knows, right? Like that's it. I want to be more excited about Eternals. And I think once we finally. It, I'm, I'm a hope when it finally shows up that it, it truly kind of gives us a bunch of questions, answers up, uh, you know, a bunch of questions and like just blows the scope of the MCU even, even further. But it just, 
It feels so small compared to the stuff that we know is going to go on in Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and beyond. And Eternals should never feel, in my opinion, small. I don't think it's going to feel small. I think Thanos is going to be in Eternals. <laughs> so that's going to be, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about Eternals. I don't even know which one's going to be bigger out of Eternals and Shang-Chi. So. Yeah. And, and Eternals feels like it should be the easy bigger one given the scope and size of that cast and that story. But Shang-Chi seems we have more trailers though. So it's easy. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, anybody else got anything there? I've been trying to think, cause I don't know. I feel like also just like my view of what people are talking about always feels so insular just in terms of, cause like also there are so many projects that by the time people are talking about stuff, it kind of just ebbs and flows. But like, I just personally think that people are going to be really surprised by She-Hulk. I think the way that it is going to tonally fit perfectly within the MCU while doing something so completely different at the same time and the way that it will utilize just characters and concepts from the larger franchise, I think that has the potential to really, really surprise people. Um, but obviously, like we, we're still months and months out from even getting anything tied to that. But just personally, in terms of level of excitement, I know I'm excited for She-Hulk, and I hope that everyone will end up being as excited once it actually comes out. So, Aaron, what about you? Um, I think it's a testament to Hawkeye that I am actually as excited for it as I am. When it got announced, it was the one of these where I was like, mm, okay. I mean, I like, like, I am from, I was in high school during the Fraction Run, so I had so much free time. I could just read comics all day. So... I like that run, but like I said, I haven't reread it since then. And I was like, okay, that'll be fun. But after everything else that has preceded it, there is some potential for some very bonker stuff to go down where with Jimmy Ritter and 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 Kate and the dog. It's it's gonna be interesting. I'm <laughs> the, so, dog. So, so, the dog. Yeah, the dog. It's gonna be that like can we can we keep it a buck already? We haven't seen an episode of it. The dog is gonna be MVP of Lucky is gonna be. I I was just talking with my boyfriend about this last week. Like if they manage to do anything that is like the lucky, the pizza dog solo issue that is just from the perspective of that dog. Like if we get any, like even like a couple scenes like that in the TV show, like everyone is going to lose their minds. Like it is going to be amazing. I hope that show's great because I have all the first prints of that issue and I want them to skyrocket. (laughs) 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 That series. Uh, All right. Uh, at Z- oh, this is a question. This is a personal question for us at Zach Layton three. Uh, this is fun. I like this comment section. Seems to be having a good time. Thanks for all the questions. I wanted to say, Dip and Dottie, you could have asked us a question, but you deactivated, and we miss you on Twitter. We miss you on Twitter, Dottie. You could have been a part of the mailbag. Uh, Zach Layton three says, describe your experience with your first big interview that you have done. It, this says for comic book, but I this could really apply anywhere. Like your first big interview that you had to do the night before the nervousness, the prep, all that stuff, et cetera. Jim, you're on the top of the screen. The rule is you have to go first. I think your big nervous moment was, was the, the build a bear, but, um, but uh, we've been, Hey, listen, we've been telling personal stories all day. That that's on the table. That's on the table. You made, you posted the link to my slick back hair. <laughs> no, honestly, I think the, the, um, I don't know the, the most, I think the most nervous one that I, that I can remember is, uh, is actually probably Ryan Reynolds. I think he is so, um, He's just that dude is just like the way he is on camera, on Twitter, in person, whatever is, you know, 
is it. And so she's just so naturally funny. And I like to think that sometimes I am funny. And so I think if I say things that may be funny and are not funny and, you know, like, would he laugh at my joke? I would be like, Oh God, please laugh at the joke. Um, but it was just, but it was, it was crazy because we, um, it, it was, it was a super last minute thing. It was at Comic-Con a couple of years ago, right around Deadpool one. And we got, uh, I get, I get a call being like, Hey, we have Ryan available for, for some questions. And like, I'm like, all right, I was the only one available for it. And I ran or basically ran and did it. And both him and I, oh, it must've been six years ago because it was when we both had our, like, we both had a kid at the same, or our wives had kids at the same time. And so we were both like new dads kind of thing. And we, no joke, spent 20 minutes talking about being new dads uh, when I only had five minutes with him. And like, we just kept going. And like the publicist was like literally standing like off behind us, just like literally. And, and, and the publicist is probably one of the best publicists out there. To, uh, or in, in like, so like, you know, in retrospect, I feel really bad, but at the same time, it was one of those things where like, I kept trying to steer the conversation to Deadpool. He's like, no, 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 this is good. Let's just keep swapping new dad, uh, new dad uh, tips. And I'm like, like, here I am just sitting in a random hotel room with Ryan Reynolds swapping new dad tips because we just happened to, you know, our families happened to have kids at the same time. And uh, by the time we finally got to Deadpool, we like at the end of it, he's like, ah, you know, this interview didn't uh, necessarily uh, feel as great. Oh, you want to throw another question uh, at my way? I feel like, I feel like I'm not on my game here. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, and so it ended up being just a really, really cool, uh, really cool moment that like I was completely unprepared for. Uh, and, you know, again, it was one of those things where like, I was I going to be funny enough? I don't know. And I uh, know. Uh, and it ended up being ended up being great. Uh, so, you know, yeah, that's go. how it works. I, I have a feel. I, I've never had Ryan Reynolds. Of all, I'm over two with interviews with Ryan Reynolds because of the trying to be funny thing. I think, yeah. and I and like it's so weird because I've I've interviewed Ryan for a movie called Life and and at the Deadpool two premiere, and both times I was like, man, I feel like that went terribly, and it's all my fault. Uh, and so, but so I'm gonna have my shot at redemption soon coming up for free guys. So uh, third time's the charm with Ryan, uh, but I don't think I can talk about dad stuff. Uh, I don't no, think mom. I have that. I don't think I have that going for me yet, Jim. Uh, Aaron, so what about this, you? Is this the MCU or is this just here at Comic Book Period? It could be a, a, whatever. It could be anything, man. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in all your stories so far. This okay. Um, so the, probably the first interview I had here, Jim remembers, uh, is with Dante Bosco from Avatar Last Airbender and Hook and a bunch of other fun things. Nerd, legend. Uh, and I was really nervous because most of when you're a reporter – your pool reporter questions are just you and a sea of people and a publicist points at you like question up here in the front. And it's like, hi, I'm from blah, blah, blah. And you just ask questions and you can kind of like sink into the crowd and not be noticed in like a real way. When you're sitting there talking to him on Zoom or whatever, it is like, no, nope, we are having this conversation face to face. I have watched Avatar back and forth <laughs> about four or five times including on Nickelodeon as a child. And we owned Hook on VHS. This is going to be weird. Also, my girlfriend is behind the door, pressed up against it, trying to listen because she loves Dante Bosco more than me. So 
It is a very awkward situation, but it went very well. He was very gracious. We had a good time. We talked about B-Boy. We talked about American <laughs> Dragon Jake Long. We talked about him being in Moesha for a season. It was great. I loved it. But I was so nervous beforehand because I'm like, this dude's going to think I'm a tool and that's not great. <laughs> also, Ariel's going to hear me bomb right behind my back. It's not going to be great. So, yeah. <laughs> Jenna, have you ever had a big, uh, a big nervous prep for an interview? God, I it, it, it's at the point where it's shocking if I don't get nervous. Like if honestly, like I still get these little moments of like, all right, the interview's in X number of minutes. Time to like have a small panic attack and like go over my questions twenty times and make sure that I'm actually doing what's right. The one that like was the perfect confluence of things was to keep on my She Hulk brand was when I talked to Tatiana Maslany for the Orphan Black like fan reunion that they were doing over zoom for like during the pandemic and i it was a thing i was offered the interview on a wednesday like wednesday mid-morning and the interview was going to be that thursday morning and if it had been then any longer i would have been terrified like if, if i had sat with it for more than a day i would have just been a nervous wreck and i already kind of was but it was like it was just enough time for me to get in the headspace of like this is a thing i've been i would have like given anything to do years ago like the amount that her work has impacted my life is just surreal so the fact that she is spending 10 to 15 minutes listening to me talk is like insane in and of itself but it was a thing i was so nervous and then it ended up going spectacularly we bonded over like the weird comedy podcast that we listen to and all of this weird stuff so it could not have gone better but it was one of those things going into it i was like my life is is impacted by whether or not this goes well basically because it meant so much to me <laughs> that's awesome um i remember uh, like i mentioned my first interview on the show earlier was with like my first in-person interview that i think i ever had was with stan lee and it, but here's the thing why this was so, Jim, you're going to remember this because I was texting you this whole trip. So mm -hmm. first trip I ever went on, I was two or three months into working at comic book. We were up in Boston at this Gillette event. They did a team, they did an event for Avengers Age of Ultron. They did Avengers themed razors, Stark Industries themed razors. So there was no word of like, you're going to do interviews or all this stuff. It was just like, you're going to tour the Gillette plant. You're going to talk about the products and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it was really just like a brand trip for Gillette. And so that night I went and had drinks with like the people from Gillette and we, you know, we had a couple of drinks. We're all talking and talking and stuff. And one of them is just like, so we have a guest interview tomorrow. We're not supposed to tell anybody this, but we want to give you an opportunity to like prepare for it. And I was like, Oh, they're like, yeah, because you seem like really into this stuff. Like we want to have you do this interview. And I was like, okay. And they're like, we can't say anything. Just think about like the most iconic mustache in, Mar in the Marvel world ever. So I text Jim and I was like, holy shit, I'm interviewing Robert Downey Jr. tomorrow. This <laughs> we got Tony Stark. We're talking to RDJ. And Jim was just like, yo, you got to ask him this. You got to ask him that. And we're going back and forth and planning this Robert Downey Jr. interview. And so I keep hanging out with the Gillette people. And we keep, it was like, it was like, we were out. It was like four of us, me and three people who work for Gillette. We had a bunch of drinks. It was like two in the morning at this point. Maybe not that late, but I had definitely had enough to drink to be like, all right, it's time for bed. And right before I was like, all right, I'm going to bed because we got a big day tomorrow. One of them was like, big day tomorrow, man, Stan Lee. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then it was like a scene in a movie where like the curtain gets pulled back and it all just starts unraveling because they all started talking about Stan Lee just as if like it was part of the bit that they were holding it from me and they wanted this twist. And I was like, hold on a second. I'm talking to what? And that was the most iconic mustache. I was picturing like Tony Stark's goatee. It, and I text Jim at like two in the morning. I was like, dude, it's not 
RDJ, it's Stan Lee. And then I had to get ready for this whole other interview, which ended up being great. And you can find that interview online too. And he was a wonderful interview. It was so cool to interview him. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was a trippy moment for me to have that plot twist. Um, but yeah, I, I am like Jenna, I get nervous before interviews, but I feel like nowadays, since I, as spoiled as I have become for doing this for over six years now, um, my nerves come from like, I hope this interview goes well in the sense of like, I know what I need to get out of this interview. I hope they find my questions to be thoughtful and appropriate. I hope my questions are good. I hope they give me what I need. Um, I know we're not going to come out of this friends, even though I want to be friends. So yeah, that's, it's, it's an interesting thing to get ready for interviews. All right. And the next question here comes from Gabrielle Buzensky. Buzensky. Sorry if I said that wrong. How did the Fantastic Four decide to start this podcast? Like, did BD recruit some star comic book employees or were you assigned to it or was it random? I actually forgot I put this question on here. Um, Jim and I sat in a room in 2019 and thought about names for a Marvel podcast. We were going to start it in October of 2019. Thank God we didn't. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a long year of no content. Uh, and then we, we came up with names. We had names like Oh Snap. We had names like we had all sorts of names, and one day we were just sitting in the in in the conference room in Brentwood, Tennessee, and uh, I was just like, "What about Phase Zero? And he was just like, "That's it. That's the name." So we just mm-hmm. went with that, and then we got all the approvals and stuff for it. And then a year and a half went by because we start like we were going to start it right before Black Widow came out. We were like, "We should wait until there's regular content to talk about. We want to have a good show." We never just want to mail it in and just talk just to talk like we're doing today, which I think we've earned 29 episodes in. Uh, and then the process was like, it was like, we, we were like, we kind of considered for a minute, like going out and hiring new people, but it was like, all right, well, we have all these people on the staff who don't get on camera, who don't get to like put their face and their voice directly with the fans other than in an editorial front. So if there's people interested in that, let's do it. And I think you'll if you go back and listen to old episodes, like it was a lot more of a rotation and we still want to do a rotation. Like we have like Connor and Charlie and Kofi and all kinds of people and Megan uh, that want that we're going to try to work into the show. But I feel like our four here and Jim J- and JL J- Viscardi, Jim. Um, <laughs> but I feel like me, uh, Jenna, Aaron and Jamie just kind of hit a rhythm. And that's really what I wanted on the show. Like I told I, I said to Jim before we started, I was like, I really just want people who like will be confident and fun and comfortable and we can all kind of talk and not feel like we're, we're being forced to just listen the whole time and feel like we get to add our perspectives and we have diverse perspectives and all that stuff. And I felt like us four just really hit, hit all that stuff. And we get to have Jim in here uh, whenever he's available to come on. And I, that's, I, that's the long version I think of, of how phase zero came to be and how our host came to be a part of it. I don't remember really like, like I don't like I just think I messaged. I think Jenna was one of the Jenna and Jamie were among the first people I ever messaged. We had Jamie on for WandaVision, and then I didn't get on until like the start of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm going to be on for an episode or for the six episodes of the show, and I'm still here." So I'm like, "Cool!" Like, y'all are <laughs> me yet. Aaron, well, I don't remember what was your first episode. Do you remember? Okay, I slept through the episode <laughs> where you guys talked about my essay. Uh, yep. about Isaiah Bradley and I woke up <laughs> uh, like crap. Was it like the third episode? Yes, like the third episode yeah. and I was like, oh man, I needed to wake up early. <laughs> God, I did not see any of this. I felt so bad. So I was like, yeah, I got y'all next week. I got y'all. But like Jenna, I thought I was just coming on to talk about, you know, Isaiah Bradley and here I am still the same. <laughs> We're in the same boat, Jen. 
Uh, so yeah, that's how it happened. Just a random Slack message from BD, like, "Hey, we love to have you on. Like, uh, can we talk about your thing?" And I was like, "Ooh, six hours ago! Yikes!" <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. All right, this may be our last question of the day. Uh, this one comes from Layla at Falcons Nat. Uh, Layla is our OG fan. Shout out to Layla and Dottie. They're here every week, unless they're in school or at work, trying to raise some money for pop figures. But uh, we do notice a lot of you guys who come in here every week. Have send Josh here in the comments right now, Brandon Moore. Uh, we know we start to recognize your names, uh, even uh, like every week. So we appreciate y'all. But I do have to credit Layla and Dottie as being the most vocal day one fans and most supportive Phase Zero listeners. We we love y'all for that. Layla's question: where, Oh wait, I scrolled past. Where was it? <laughs> Who has been the most fun guest on the show so far and who would be your ideal guest? For me, it's Cam Hayward. I thought he was the most fun guest we've had. He, he knew his stuff. He was super fun to talk to. Um, but we've had some awesome guests. We've had some awesome guests. Jim, do you have a favorite? You've been on, you've been on quite a few episodes, especially the early days. Did you have a favorite guest? Um, uh, uh... <laughs> I mean, I like when I get to guest on the show. So, no, I, I'd say I, I, I think the thing that I like is that it, guests are great, and you know, obviously, a great guest for the for the show. And one day it will happen live, and we will get it. Like, obviously, would be Kevin, right, Feige? Uh, but I think you know, the, honestly, hi, Kevin. The, <laughs> the best, the best, like, and just like you said it before, the best thing about this show um, is the fact that we are able to, you know, have a, uh, you know, a bit of a, you know, you guys as core hosts and be able to rotate people in from comic book um, to just kind of just share. Like, this is all stuff that we love, and this is all stuff that we, uh, you know, have have the, the fortunate opportunity to, to make careers out of, and so to be able to to share in all that, like the guests are really like the icing on the cake, and so like we never we never take them for granted, we never expect them but when they happen you know they're it's it you know it's great they're all you know taking time out of their day to to spend time with us for for this stuff and so um it's you know they're they're all they've all been unique and fun in their own ways but like really it just comes down to you know the being able to uh see the chat read the itunes reviews uh read you know what what comes in on the twitter feed and mentions and stuff like that for you know uh phase zero at phase zero cb um but uh but that that's it that's what i love about it yeah, my, my dream guest, like aside from Kevin Feige, who I think like, it would just be so cool. Well, <laughs> for you, it's Oscar. I mean, Oscar Isaac, like we, you know, well, obviously, can't say obviously, but, but, but hopefully at, at the rate we're going, get some sort of interview with Oscar when Moon Knight mm. is coming around. I'd love to see Pedro Pascal join the show, uh, whether he's in the MCU or we just start talking about the Mandalorian when that's on and the Marvel show isn't. Um, but uh, I mean, I personally, because I, I've, been such an iron man fan for so long like i would love to just take a deep dive into the iron man life with downey like i i would love to look back because a lot of our interviews that we get guests on are we're always looking to the future like we're always talking about like your show right now and where we're going to see you next we've never had a chance yet to do like a big retrospective interview with somebody for me i would i think it would be so cool to take a look back at 10 years of iron man with downey and just hear that full experience and talk about some key moments. Like I would rewatch 
all of his movies and all that just to take notes on stuff. I think that'd be awesome. You guys have dream guests that you think would be dope to really get to talk to? I'm like, now that you said that, I'm like, I would love to have that happen with with Chris Evans. Like, I, yes. I'm such a huge fan of his arc for Captain America. Like, I would be terrified the entire time going up to the interview, <laughs> but it would be it would be so much fun to get to, like, pick his brain about, like, all of the movies in Steve's arc. And then, like, yeah, outside of Kevin Feige, I'm also... I would love to talk. I would just love to sit down with James Gunn for like 45 minutes and just talk about like guardians and everything else. And just like his approach to comic book storytelling, because I feel like, especially with the holiday special and with volume three, like we are going to see some really amazing work from him. So like that would be a dream in and of itself. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to try my best to get James Gunn on the show next week. Uh, I haven't even started that process, so I don't know if it's going to happen. But James has been awesome throughout the Suicide Squad press. And we obviously will talk a lot about the Suicide Squad. But if he's coming on phase zero, he's going to know. We're also going to talk about his Marvel work. So I'm going to see if I can make that happen. He's been doing so much promo and stuff that I feel like it's possible. But then again, it's like, would Warner Brothers want to send him to a Marvel podcast for the Suicide Squad? I don't know. And I would respect it if they don't. But uh, I, that's James is another one, I think, Janet, that would be so fun to talk to. Aaron, who's your, uh, who's your dream guest? Um, just for sheer entertainment factor, I'm probably going to go Hemsworth because oh, you can ask him to do anything and he'll yes. just do it. And I just, I love the idea of like being like, it's like a 15 minute segment of like, let's just ask people like to ask Chris Hemsworth to do stuff and he'll just do it. It's like, can you go find all the hammers that are in the house right now? Can you go bring them and, and show them to us? What what are your kid who said that Superman is his favorite superhero? How did you handle that? Or what is the conversation like? I, there's so much. There's so much comedy potential that I would be really excited to see yeah. what he would do. Yeah. How much? Uh, how, would be amazing too. Hmm? How many? How much? How many pounds can you curl with just your pinky, bro? Let's just let's just say <laughs> it. Let's just go for like me and Brandon. We fly. We go. We spot him. James is there and with a stopwatch gawking. <laughs> it's like his muscles are made of Katani metal fibers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that would be a fun one. Um, I, I'm looking back at our like Johnny Gargano was a super fun guest. Jim, were you mm-hmm. on that show? Yeah, I know. Uh, I wasn't on that show, but I was definitely in the chat for that show. Matthew Barry is our most chaotic guest. <laughs> I still remember, like, that was my second episode, and I was like, I'm never coming back on this show because Matt Barry is just fighting me about Birds of Prey for, like, half an hour. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I, I would have this debate in any other context, but it is not relevant here, so I just wanted to, like, keep trying to move the conversation back to Marvel, and he's still like, tell me why you like Birds of Prey, and I'm like, ah, I don't know how to do this situation, so I'm, I'm glad that I'm still here, because I almost thought that Matt Barry was so chaotic, I was never going to get to come back no matt barry has never come back and we kept jenna <laughs> no, matt, matt has messaged me and he's been like dude sorry if i went uh a little crazy there you know, he's but that's like his thing that's what he does on espn that's yeah. what he does uh so i mean i don't think any of us uh got got, got mad at that we had soups on the show he was fun Kari Skoglund was a fun interview. She was very straightforward about Falcon and Winter Soldier, very matter-of-fact. Kate Heron was super fun. Jenna and I talked mm-hmm. to Kate Heron on last week's show. Um, Jim Starlin was on the second show we ever did. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Tom King was a great guest back in the day for Vision Talk. Uh, yeah, we've had some cool stuff. We're only half a year through, and we still have a whole second half of 2021 content. So uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I, I want to get more fans involved. I'm really going to – today and tomorrow, I'm starting to try to produce the um, – 
fans versus celebrity guests trivia. So I'm going to try to find a time. I really want Kate Heron to do it, but she's in Australia. So the time zones might make that tough, but uh, I know Cam Hayward is down. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but all right, that's going to be today's show. I loved the mailbag. I thought this was a lot of fun. I this agree. Was, yeah. yeah we, we need to do this more often when there's no MCU content to talk about. We can talk about ourselves for hours. <laughs> uh, upcoming guests asks left hand, uh, left handed DJ. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, I know we're going to, I have what if interviews this weekend. So I imagine we may roll one of those into the show, but they're not going to be extended uh, long form interviews yet. We will have what if reactions next week. So we'll have that on the show to look forward to. And, you know, who knows? Maybe some of the Marvel cast that's a part of What If will do press. I don't know because that is some of the biggest stars in the world. And I don't know if they're going to be, if Disney's going to be giving them that fat press day paycheck for What If, but hopefully they do. And uh, if you guys have dream guests for us, uh, just, just, Tag them left and right on Twitter and tell them to join at phase zero CB mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just blow up their inboxes. I'm just kidding. Don't harass them, but do not <laughs> harass them. Um, all right, guys, that's today's show. Jim, any parting words for today's show? Uh, no, I was glad I was able to, to come on and say hello to uh, everyone. I love so much. Uh, love the chat, love the listeners. Uh, it's nice to, you know, not be typing in all caps uh, for most of the show. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Yeah, welcome welcome back to the program. Aaron, any uh, farewell? This was very fun. Um, I did not know we were doing the long-form version of it, and now I'm like, oh boy, there's some deep lore that'll come out. Like, I was not informed of this about Aaron. Uh, so you guys are great. I love being on this podcast. It's so much fun. This was so good. Uh, we love having you, man. Uh, Jenna, any, uh, any final words for episode 29? I agree with Aaron. Like I always feel weird talking about myself. So I'm glad that people were willing to listen and were interested in what we all had to say. Um, follow me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. I just posted my suicide squad review a little under or a little over an hour ago. So go check that out if you're interested. Wait, spoiler alert. How many stars did you give it? I haven't read it five, yet. Five. It's Let's the go. Easiest, it is the easiest five out of five I've ever given anything. So. It's so good. It's, yeah. I'm going to go read your review because I'm sure we pretty much agree on everything, but I want to know for sure. And I will argue with you Matt Berry style if we don't. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for another awesome show. Jim, Aaron, Jenna, and Jamie, who is probably right now on Zoom with Hugh Jackman living our dreams. Uh, and everybody who's listening, you guys made the show so much fun for us. Thanks for all the awesome questions. We We'll do another mailbag sometime in the future and try to uh, just keep making creative shows to keep us entertained in the weeks where we don't have Marvel content to talk about, which is fewer weeks than there is uh, <laughs> at this rate. So thanks everybody for joining episode 29 of phase zero, share it with your friends. Uh, please, if you share these links on Twitter, I swear it's a free retweet from me. It's a free retweet. <laughs> and that makes you super famous for 15 minutes. And you should all want that so badly. Being famous is the best uh, before you wow. know it. Okay. Before you know it, I'm just, I, I, listen, I, I'm not saying I'm famous. I'm saying you get your 15 minutes before you know it, you're in a Marvel movie. interviews on Sunday. <laughs> Yo, that, listen, and nobody, and nobody who's watching them is watching them for me. They're watching it for The Rock. I know my place. <laughs> I know my place. But uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for a great episode. I'm Randall and Richard. Send us home. <laughs>